This podcast is made possible by the Finding Peace Retreat. The Finding Peace Retreat is a four-day intensive experiential training based on the Amazon best-selling book, Finding Peace. The weekend creates a place of healing for individuals with past wounds of loss, rejection, neglect, abandonment, betrayal, and abuse who are looking for a greater joy, happier relationships, and deeper fulfillment in their lives. Whether you're just becoming aware of how these wounds may have impacted your life or are exhausted with the constant cycle of trying to do your best and still feeling like a failure, the Finding Peace Retreat will give you the skills to heal from the past, change the internal messages that drive your feelings of shame, and develop mindful, compassionate habits leading to greater contentment and peace. For more information, go to findingpeaceacademy.com forward slash finding hyphen peace hyphen retreat. We have all had painful events in our lives that can lead to depression, anxiety, addiction, or broken relationships. But here's a secret. It is not about what happened to us that causes suffering. It's the stories we believe about ourselves. Join us as we shine light on how to rewrite our stories, avoid the shadows of shame, and travel along the pathway to joy, love, and connection. It's In the Finding Peace podcast with your host, be a good idea. Amazon best-selling author, Troy It did L. look so high. When I was sitting down in the pool, I was watching little five-year-old kids who kept climbing me up the ladder and jumping off with glee, making it look so simple, watching them convince me, I can do that. If a little kid can do that, I can do that. I've been here before, standing on the edge of the high dive looking down. In high school, I used to jump off the high dive all the time. But something has changed, and I'm not sure what, but as I'm standing here, I'm starting to get dizzy. I remember the last time I was standing in this situation. It was at the same pool on the same high dive. It wasn't as busy of a night. I stood on the high dive looking into the water, willing myself to jump, and I couldn't do it. I backed away from the ledge and sheepishly climbed down the ladder, hoping that nobody saw me. And now here I am in the exact same predicament. Have I mentioned that I don't like heights? It's actually not really the height that I'm afraid of. It's the falling from heights that terrifies me. I used to have nightmares about falling. I would wake up the moment that my body hit the surface. And it felt like I had fallen out of bed every time. I haven't had one of those dreams for a long time, but I remember having them all the time as a kid. The memory of that nightmare does not soothe my mind and my heart only races faster. Maybe I can climb back down the the ladder like I did last time. I look behind me. There is a line of kids waiting their turn at the bottom of the ladder. I look back down into the water. The bottom of the pool looks like it's miles away. My head is spinning. My heart is pounding. I move my toes to the edge. What in the world am I doing here? A friend of mine sees me up there He's a good 25 yards away at the other end of the pool. He yells, Jump, Troy! His voice carries across the water and catches the attention of everyone else in the pool. It's a pool party that he set up. And so pretty much I know everybody here. A chant begins, Jump, Troy, jump! Jump, Troy, jump! I look behind me. The kids are getting impatient. Some teenager yells, Jump already! Can I do this? I'm asking myself, do I have what it takes? John Eldridge has said, even if he can't quite put into words, every man is haunted by the question, do I have what it takes? 
It's a question that I've been asking myself my entire life. It's really just another form of the question, am I man enough? Am I good enough? Numerous scholars and therapists have written about the man's greatest fear, that of not being enough. I know this is not exclusively a question that men ask. Women wonder if they're enough too, but the question runs deeply in the hearts of men. Every day, the men who come to my office and are sitting on my couch are asking the same thing. Do I have what it takes? Am I man enough? Am I enough to save this marriage? Am I enough to be able to overcome this addiction? Do I have what it takes to provide for my family? Do I have what it takes to be vulnerable and have friends? And I can relate. I find myself asking that same question as I'm standing on the high dive looking down into the water. The shadows of shame, particularly the politician, the judge, and the impotent one have showed up. The impotent one says, this isn't going to work out that well. You should probably just get down. You can't jump. You're going to die. Who cares if anybody sees you climb down the ladder? It's better than killing yourself. And the politician says, ah, no, you don't. You're going to look like an idiot if you don't jump. And everybody is going to see you climbing down and they're all going to gossip about you for the rest of your life about what a loser you are. And my judge says, why are you up here in the first place? You are an idiot for getting up here. Didn't you think this through? You should have thought this through better because now you're in a really crappy situation. Meanwhile, the crowd is still chanting, jump, Troy, jump, jump, Troy, jump. And my friends shout, you can do it. I close my eyes. I quiet the shadows. I quiet the kids behind me who are vocally getting frustrated. I focus on the words, you can do it. And I step off. The core emotion that I faced on that diving board was fear. Fear is essentially the emotion that something bad is going to happen. And in my opinion, the opposite of fear is faith. The belief and feeling that even if bad things happen, it's going to turn out in the end. Having faith that things are going to turn out can be difficult, especially when someone feels absolutely alone. When I was standing up on the diving board, at first I felt absolutely alone. I knew that there were people all around me, but I felt alone and I, I wondered if I could do it. And I was terrified to jump off of the board into the water. What really helped me was having people who were there chanting, Jump, Troy, jump, and you can do this. I believe in you. Having those people believe in me helped me face the challenge that I encountered, which was jumping off of the diving board into the water. And in my, in my real life, in our lives, having people who believe in us really can help us face the challenging things that we're going to encounter, especially during times of great trial and struggle. Like the kids who just wanted me to jump so that they could get back to their fun, there are those who really don't have patience for your struggles. They are too involved in their own lives. They just are worried about themselves. And I got to admit that sometimes I have been that kid. Just, can you just get over it already? Just hurry up. I got my own life to live. But there are those who do believe in us and urge us to continue trying to not give up, to take the leap of faith. I can name quite a few of those people in my own life. Who are some of those people in your lives? Who believes in you, even when you're doubting yourself? 
And how does their faith and belief in you strengthen you to be able to face the challenging things that you're wanting in life? The finding peace model always starts with the yin and yang of pain and peace. And most of us would like to have more peace in our lives and less pain. Unfortunately, we live in a world where there's a lot of pain. I'm just think about the fact that, that the Amazon forest is on fire, and that's going to have catastrophic effects for the rest of the world for some time to come. Hurricanes are coming through and, and wiping out entire islands. Earthquakes happen. There are people who are starving, homeless people. The homeless epidemic is rising across the United States and in other parts of the world. There are painful things that happen. People get laid off. People uh, have loved ones who pass away suddenly and unexpectedly. People are diagnosed with cancer or other life-threatening illnesses. There are painful things that happen in our lives. And yes, we would love to live in a world where none of that happens, but, but that isn't the reality. And what happens is that we can begin to feel really afraid and we ask ourselves, am I a man enough? Am I a woman enough? Do I have what it takes? Can I endure this trial? Can I endure this struggle? And if we're trying to do it all by ourselves, the answer is harder to answer. The answer of can I do it all by myself, that feels really daunting. And the shadows of shame show up and talk to us and tell us how much we are not going to make it and how weak we are. But having a person, one person, who believes in us and has confidence in us can make the biggest difference in our lives. And maybe you've been blessed by somebody who's done that. And as I said before, I can name many people. I've talked about my grandma on this podcast before and how she was one of those people. I had a best friend in high school. He's still a really good friend of mine, Aaron, who believed in me. Uh, I had other friends in high school who believed in me. Amy was another one who believed in me. My teacher, Mrs. Wixom, who was my English teacher in ninth grade, believed in me. She encouraged me to try out for drama, theater, because I was so scared. I didn't want to, but she encouraged me to. In fact, she announced to the entire class that I was going to try out for the school play. I had no intentions of trying out for the school play, but when she announced it to the whole class, I thought, oh, she believes in me, maybe I, maybe I can do it. And so I tried out and I, I got a part and it was amazing. And so having people believe in us can really help us work through that fear and turn that into faith, the belief that maybe I do and maybe I have what it takes and just trying it out like an experiment. It's time for Q&A. So last week I was doing a webinar and talking about the six attachment wounds, loss, rejection, abandonment, betrayal, neglect, and abuse. And, and as I was talking, I said that if you can identify what your, your core wound is, that also helps you identify what your core need is. And I made the comment that when you're, you have a loss wound, the need that is connected with that is connection or reassurance. Especially if the loss wound is related to someone who passed away, yeah, it would be wonderful if that loved one could come back to life and be a part of your life again, but the reality is that's not going to happen. So how do you get, how do you repair that hole that loss has created in your life? And in my mind, it's connection and the reassurance that everything's going to be okay. So the question was asked by one of the participants, how do you deal with loss? What kind of reassurance can I get if the, per this, the loss that I have experienced was so significant that it's 
impacted my life for 30 years? How can, how does the reassurance of what? That was the question. How does reassurance help me with that? And it, it goes back to the reassurance that it's going to be okay. The reassurance that you're not alone. I can't specifically speak to what that reassurance would be for that person, but that was an excellent question to ask. What kind of reassurance do I need that will help me be able to move on with my life and not continue to focus so much on the loss? It's not that we're going to remove the loss or we're going to fill in the hole and pretend that that loss never happened because that's not particularly helpful. But the need that is associated with loss is connection and reassurance that everything's going to be okay. And like I said, as I was standing on that diving board and getting ready to jump, the wound really was loss. The loss of, was I going to die? Uh, was I going to lose a limb? That was the wound that was being stirred up for me. That was the fear that was being stirred up for me. And what did I need in that moment? Well, I needed reassurance that it was going to be okay that I was going to make it, that I wasn't going to die, that people believed in me. And when I think about the loss of loved ones, that reassurance comes that it's going to be okay. Yes, it's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. I'm going to grieve this. I'm going to miss this person. But I also need some reassurance that I'm going to make it through. I can make it through another day. I can, I can live my life the way that I need to that brings me greater joy and, and purpose in my life and maybe I can even live my life in a way that is in remembrance of this person whom I have lost in remembrance of the the lessons that this person taught me that helped me become who I am today how can I reverence that person and in the life that I'm living now so hopefully that answers the question of how reassurance can help feel the wounds of loss and how that can help us move forward in our lives and find purpose again and connection. If you have a comment or a question that you'd like to ask me, you can email me at troy at troyllove.com or you can make a comment here and I will try to respond to your question in the next podcast. You've been listening to the Finding Peace podcast. If we added value to your life, let us know or give us a rating. Before you go, subscribe to the show and get new episodes as soon as they are published. Thank you for spending part of your journey with us. And don't forget to grab your free copy of the Amazon best-selling book, The Art of Peace, by going to www.troyllove.com. Copyright Finding Peace Consulting.